0: One, two, Freddy's coming for you, three, four, better lock your door, five, six, grab a crucifix, seven, eight, gonna stay up late, nine, ten, never sleep again. And
1: thank you, Joe, for that little lullaby. And uh, got some very special guests. We have little Joe,
0: say hi. What's And Joe, say hi. Hello, it's Joe here. Monsters Madman Review on TikTok. Check me out. Yes, that's it. Go check him
1: out on TikTok. Uh, he's going to end up being an official sponsor. So anyway, as you heard from the opening, we are talking about Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, everyone's favorite wise-cracking, child-murdering, bladed glove. Ready, Kruger?
0: Manny, you couldn't get a job with that resume nowadays. Of course not. Wait, you can't? <laughs> Little Joe is like, am I getting fired? <laughs> well, I just
2: started today.
1: <laughs> uh, ignore that notification. Um, Anyway, uh, so Joe, I know this is your favorite series, one of your favorite horror yeah, series. Yeah, I like
0: Friday the 13th significantly more, but Nightmare on Elm Street, when I was a... Guy in high school, kid in high school, was my second favorite of the franchises. Uh, To this day, it's one that I hold near to my heart. I really hope to meet Robert Unglin one day. But uh, I'll admit, it's lost a little steam for me, but it's still in my top ten franchises. It went from being, like, number one to number five. I'm sorry, number two to number five. But it's still up there for me.
1: Well, you are the expert, so... Well, anyway, so in 1984... Famed horror director, Wes Craven, Hills Have Eyes, all that, decides to make a also movie. Also an
0: accomplished porno
2: director.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Little Joe's all excited. <laughs>
2: or <he> half-assed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so Wes Craven decides to make a movie based on dreams and bases it on a bully uh, named Fred, who used to bully him when he was a kid. Also, an old man who he spotted. Joe, I think you know more about this than me.
0: Yes, there's a few things. Uh, his bully was named Frederick Kruger. Um The other thing was there was an old man uh, who was walking by his house and he made eye contact with him. And Wes Craven said he walked into his building and it freaked him out. And then when he went down there, the guy had walked down the street and just kind of scared him. I don't remember if Wes Craven said he was taunting the guy or just made eye contact with him or something.
1: Did you say he was burned?
0: I don't believe he was burned. I could be incorrect on that. Um, But that's where he got the name and the overall idea from. Uh, A lot of the elements of it were just... uh, The way he got the burns was he was playing around with the cheese on a pizza. And that kind of created Freddy's face in his mind. He also created the red and green sweater by it being the hardest colors to look at when you pair them together. And um, the actual dying in your sleep and dying for real was based off of the, uh, Cambodian, they called it sleep death syndrome or something yep. like that, where, uh, survivors of the Khmer Rouge were coming to the United States. They were too scared to sleep and ended up just dying in their sleep. And, uh, They all associated it back to uh, being survivors of the Khmer Rouge drama. And they were all about 16 to 18 years old, if I'm not mistaken. Males. Right in the uh, age bracket where Freddy was uh, targeting these kids in these movies.
1: Yeah, no, And it's very interesting. uh, I definitely promise to cover that in a later topic. But uh, so all that material is perfect for a horror movie. So the first movie follows a girl named Nancy and... A girl named Tina Gray awakens from a nightmare where she was attacked by a disfigured man with a bladed glove. And it turns out other teenagers have been having the same dreams, Nancy included. Yep. So it turns out that they're being haunted by Freddy Krueger. He was a child murderer who would gotten off on a technicality and he was killed by the vengeful parents. So it's uh, Nancy versus Freddy in all of its 80s glory. All 80s... Or icons all slashes,
0: all you name it so this is one of those cases where for the original movie at least my favorite character was actually not Freddie in this it was uh, John Saxton playing uh, Lieutenant Ronald Thompson uh, Nancy's father uh, also for the cast in this this was Johnny Depp's first movie he played Glenn Nancy's boyfriend and he had probably the best death in the movie. He got sucked into the bed and his blood sprayed all across the Fountain road. of blood. The waterbed scene. The, the waterbed scene later. is in part four. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. Also a good death scene. And so, yes, so this, uh, this first film introduces us to Freddy Krueger. You know, he's got disfigured. He's got the bladed glove that everyone
0: knows. His uh, red his and, and green and... sweater. But the sleeves are actually solid red in this one. They weren't striped yet. Um, Robert Unglund did a great job in this role. Uh, He was more serious in the first one. And I would say that his burns looked a little bit more severe. Granted, that's a matter of opinion. Um, And he actually was credited as Fred Kruger, not Freddy. Nancy only called him Freddy at the end of the movie, taunting him.
1: You're right, he was always called Fred, uh, Fred, not Freddy. And
0: I love And then it. he
1: became Freddy Krueger.
0: I love this movie, but one of the things I thought was a little funny was uh, towards the end of the movie when Nancy pulls him out of the dream world, uh, she starts battling him, and it's like it's Home Alone. She sets up different traps around the house and stuff, and like you half expect Joe Pesci to run up and then fall down the stairs during it because it's just so Home Alone esque.
1: Hey, well, Freddy Krueger got set on fire, and so did Joe Pesci. So. Yeah.
0: But it is a really solid movie, and it introduced so much stuff. Like I remember in my head as a kid, the most iconic scene to this movie, to me anyway, was I think the second nightmare where Freddy's walking down the alley and his arms are outstretched, and his arms are like seven, eight, nine feet long on each side. He's scratching the walls. It was a really, really good scene and great imagery.
1: And... Speaking of imagery, as you mentioned, Joe, and also just the themes of this movie—dreams, reality—you never know what's a dream, what's reality, and you know when you think of teenagers, you know they're in their little fantasy worlds. When you think of children, they're in their fantasy worlds. So, and it also talks about teenage sexuality, like that scene in the bathtub, Nancy's. The, in the tub bathtub. with the gloves. The glove comes, the comes up.
0: Legs. I mean, I think. So he's supposed to represent things, teenage problems, in a way. I agree with that. Good little way. metaphor, allegory. One of the things that I think was interesting was Wes Craven wanted Freddy Krueger to be a child molester in this.
1: But he didn't want to exploit the cases that were going on at that time.
0: Yes, and the, in the studio kind of cut in and told him no. So you ended up just making him a child killer. But then as these sequels get on, they start hinting that he was a molester too. And then when it comes to the remake, he was a full-fledged, sick, molesting person. Uh, I think, in many ways, the sequels livened up, like, started having a little bit more lightheartedness and casual fun to them. Except
2: this one when is when they
0: started dipping into that. This but is overall, very serious. I would say this is probably the darkest of the Freddy movies, except for maybe the remake.
2: Uh, yeah, no. Uh, definitely can say that at least not having so much experience with the first one, but having uh, dabbled more into the sequels that knowing for sure that uh, as the sequels went on, they kind of toned down on the typical horror factor or thriller uh, of these uh, cult classics, but kind of more or less agree that, you know, as soon as they dipped more and more of their foot into that sort of uh, cesspool that I guess you can say it did... uh, Playing out all the way across, plus, uh, you get to see a little bit more, uh, I guess you can say character development within the most iconic killer in um, the 70s and 80s. Um, do you think that,
0: Freddy Krueger is more iconic than Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers?
2: I say he's one of the most iconic, I'm not saying he is the iconic, like, uh, you know, serial killer uh, of the time, in- because, uh, I would definitely say between like the seventies and eighties. That's when you have uh, some. Uh, that's when you. Uh, that's when a lot of movies had pumped out a lot of uh, you know uh, thrillers such as you know Friday the Thirteenth or Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, I, I want to say uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Texas one.
0: Chainsaw Massacre and uh, Halloween were first in the seventies, yeah. but out of the three main slashers there freddie jason and michael is freddie your favorite
2: uh he was when i was uh a little bit younger uh definitely as you know i grew up i got a little bit more uh kind of stowed away i mean i definitely even remember dressing up as uh, Freddy phrase i remember time for, you doing that uh for halloween and uh i mean not to say i'm like not to say there's some embarrassment behind that, but I mean there's uh, you know some uh knowledge that I didn't know about when I dressed up as him, uh, especially with the uh, factors that we just stated. On. Well, I've been Freddy Krueger two or three times for Halloween.
1: Yeah, always scaring the people like trick or treat and all and, that. Uh,
0: I know for a fact Freddy's your favorite out of the main three. Yes, I
1: just I enjoy the wisecracks. I also enjoy the dreams aspect.
0: You know, it's and, funny is. The wisecracking and some of the way Freddie behaves is why I like him more than Michael. Yeah. But I don't like anybody more than Jason, so I always think that's funny.
1: Yep, and uh, actually, we'll get to Jason uh, a little later. But uh, so yeah. Oh, I- I'll have
0: some stuff to say about that
1: one. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, there you, you go. Know what's funny Monsters is and the- Madmen.
0: Yeah, I reviewed all of the Nightmare on Elm Streets on my TikTok. Monsters and Madmen reviews on TikTok, and. <laughs> Uh, one of the funny things I mentioned on there is the first Nightmare on Elm Street is actually not my favorite of the series. It's one of the sequels, and it's one of the sequels that everybody hates. And we'll
1: get there. We um, will. But I will say this is my favorite of all the Nightmare on Elm Street, because, I mean, it can't beat the original. Uh, Little Joe, what do you have to say? Uh, is it your favorite? or?
2: Uh, I want to say the first one is my favorite. I would say more so down the line, because as soon as like Wes Craven uh, definitely pumped out more sequels. Uh, that's when, like I mentioned earlier, that you get a little bit more character development, uh, a little bit more of a backstory. I mean, yeah, there was, like, the idea of, like, uh, how, uh, yeah, Freddy, at the beginning, was more of, like, a child killer, but then, you know, as the movies went on, showed more of being, like, a child molester. But I even uh, recall, I wish I can remember one of the movies, but it was one where they actually showed the origins of how, like, you know, Freddy came to be, of uh, at least in the mortal world. Right? Freddy's dead. Yeah, the sixth Freddy's, yeah Freddy's dead. Um, and just the phenomenon behind that, like, kind of brought that almost a full circle. Um, and actually, I can agree that, like, out of all the serial killers that we just mentioned on that, yeah, Freddy is the most mouthy of them all, which uh I don't want to say he's like a merc with a mouth, uh, but I definitely kind of like uh, the content or... Uh, Dialogue that he kind of gives out instead of you know just having um John Carpenter trying to make the most suspenseful music as possible, uh, trying to make somebody who really has no dialogue as a movie character other uh, than just Freddie.
0: Well, after that combination of words, let's move on to the sequel.
1: Yes. Sorry. Oh, and I will say uh, just before we move on, in the first movie, Freddie doesn't have a lot of screen time.
0: I think about
1: 10 minutes, He's more his his presence is there, but you never see
0: him. And for the most part, his face was hidden when he was on screen, too. And that's something they did again with the remake.
1: And that's something I really like, because, I mean, it gives him... I I do appreciate his development later down the line, but I do like his uh, man of mystery. Like, you don't know. The parents, you know, who killed him, they want to suppress that, because it's a small town. Nothing happens. It's one of those town secrets. So, anyway, moving on here, so... After, and there will be spoilers in this, don't care, Um, after Freddy is defeated in the first movie, we move on a year later to Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. And in this movie, um, Jesse Walsh and his family move into Nancy's old house. And, well, Freddy's back. And from the title, he is seeking revenge.
0: So this one's my least favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie.
1: I didn't like this one. Too much, but I don't hate it as much as the other ones. I see what they were trying to do, but I don't really like it that much. Joe, it's time for you to rant.
0: All right. So I've probably seen all of these movies about twenty times, give or take. I'm sure like the first one and the fifth one and Freddy vs. Jason, I'm sh- and the remake. I've probably seen them way more than twenty times, but like this one, probably about twenty times, and. I really don't like a lot of choices in this movie I don't like the uh, changes to Freddy's powers and what I mean by that is to a degree this is like a slasher movie meets a possession movie. Freddy kind of wants to take over the guy's body and he ends up growing from the guy's body and his knives come out of his fingers in this one instead of on a glove in certain scenes he still has the glove very much so but It's just one of those side effects of the possession. And to be honest, didn't really sit well with me when I first saw it to this day. It still doesn't sit well with me just because it feels so different. Um, Another thing that I feel like we have to address uh, with this movie, and I don't mean to offend anybody on this because I know this is going on the Internet and there's a huge following because of this element of this movie, I don't care for all of the subtle gay stuff in this movie because they have the character being portrayed as a straight guy and he has a girlfriend and all this stuff in it but they have a lot of gay undertones including blatantly visiting a gay bar where he's picked up by his coach and then brought back and put into the showers. I don't feel like it was the most forced thing upon us but it's not the most well done. It's not well done and I feel like when you combine the Uh, The presence of this unnecessary subplot with the plot of Freddy possessing, it almost feels like it should have been a movie that didn't have the title of Nightmare on Elm Street with it and just changed the demon to someone who's not Freddy Krueger.
1: Yeah, uh, I'll say The Possession, I didn't really understand. I still, again, I didn't like this movie at first, then I got a more appreciation for it. But I still, it's definitely inferior to the first. The I one really scene
0: like. I will give this credit to is the scene, it's a nightmare, obviously, where Freddy visits Jesse and goes, you've got the body and I've got the brain. And then he reaches up and pulls back his skin and his skull and Freddy's brain is shown. That was cool. But besides that, that's the highlight of this movie. And I really feel like it. this this is one, one of those movies where it just didn't need to happen.
1: And one death that I find really weird is the coach's death in the shower. He gets...
0: Yeah, this is strapped. what I was talking about. <laughs> he
1: gets strapped to the shower with and then just ropes and just whipped with a towel. And and he was whipped, naked. Yep, and whipped with a towel. And I'm like, this is so cheesy. This is... It's still a serious movie, but this is where it starts getting a little... Uh,
0: yeah, also... Less serious. She loves him. She loves the boy, so she kisses Freddy and it makes Freddy melt and the boy comes back. Pretty sure we saw that boy get sliced open.
1: So he's the Wicked Witch.
0: So, yeah, it was kind of weird. Was Sleeping Beauty. I I didn't appreciate
2: that the power of love defeated Freddy Krueger.
1: Oh, God. Uh, Little Joe, what do you have to say about this?
2: Uh, I haven't really seen much of the second one, uh, Freddy's Revenge, except for, like, obviously, at the end, uh, where, yeah, the husk of uh, Freddy Krueger gets disintegrated away by... uh, you know, the girl of the dreams, just by, like, true love's first kiss or whatever, you know, like you said, Sleeping Beauty-type uh, magic that may be uh, funny enough, like, and it's also kind of odd, too, about, like, how you just brought up about the shower scene, how the coach was essentially, you know, racked tailed to death or something like that. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's a very... uh Lack of a better word. Uh, shot in the dark type of sequel. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say this would be uh, something I would personally watch uh, again either.
1: It's one of those movies that I see what they were trying to do but I don't think they did it well. And with, you know, we talked about the shower scenes and all that. I think the homoerotic subtext is I think that's just become kind of a fan thing. Not so much the uh, what the intent of the filmmakers were. Even the director said there was no subtext that was not his intent. And I think that's also part of... I don't the know not how he got
0: away with saying that, by the way. Because there's a scene in a gay bar.
1: Yeah, I know there's so... a scene in a gay... I'm, I'm going by what the director said, though.
0: I, I understand that. And what I'm saying is that the director yeah. is full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> in, either, in either way, this, this is not... There was even a whole documentary called uh, Scream Queen... Yeah, about this one having gay undertones, and to be honest, that documentary about this movie is much better than the movie.
1: And I will say, actually, it did give rise to uh, the male scream,
0: king, scream queen. The one thing that I think we forgot to mention about this movie was Jesse dancing around his room, listening to music, and then his mom and girlfriend walk in. That was fucking hysterical. Yes. I know that's something everyone hates about this movie, but between that, that that's probably the second best scene. Is I forget what he was. Oh God! To Touch me. Oh God! I know that. All that's... Night long. I sang twice in this podcast. So Great. Now no,
1: you're going to start dancing yeah. around in your underwear.
0: <laughs> have to have underwear on in the first place. Going commando. <laughs> well, anyway, let's move. Let's move past this one and talk about one of the better ones.
1: Yes, and one of actually my second favorite. Oh, uh, yeah, second favorite. One of my. It's up there. Um, but. After this film, in 1987, comes Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. And this follows a girl named Kristen Parker, who begins dreaming of Freddy. Big surprise. And is admitted to a mental hospital. And there she meets Nancy again, who is working as an intern. And they realize Freddy is back, and it's up to them to defeat him.
0: All right, there's a lot I love about this And movie.
1: this is one where Wes Craven did return. He was a writer. And this is why it's loved by fans, because... Creator's back, the tone is back, it's less silly than the second one, and Nancy's back. You gotta have the original go.
0: So this one's probably my third favorite, and there's a lot of like about it. So Freddy actually gets these kids in this mental ward by making it look like they were trying to kill themselves, when they really weren't. It was him trying to murder them. And there's a lot of cool, famous scenes in this. Lawrence Fishburne is in this movie, and a lot of people forget that um John Saxon's back in it. Uh this is where Freddy I think really reached uh his height and then continued on the stretch from here. Uh he, they got uh, a music video from this movie called uh, where the where uh, the dream warriors was the name of the song. Uh there was a lot of uh quotes that some people don't even realize were from Freddy Krueger. Uh welcome to prime time bitch in this one. Yep. Um How's this also, for a wet dream? Yeah. Uh I think that was part four, because it was Joey who survived this one in part four. But we'll talk about part four, because I have feelings on that one. Um, but there was a lot that they did. One of my favorite characters was, I think her name was Taryn. Uh, she was the goth alternative chick, of course. Anyone who knows me knows that's my bag. But uh, yeah, this is really where Freddie, I think, hit the potential. And we learned a lot about him in this, so... One of the things we learn is how much he can shape shift because he turned into a demon worm and then grew out of a TV and pulled someone into the TV. Granted, it's all in the dream, it's not really his physical body shifting, but I think it's a fun thing to bring up because those are very memorable scenes.
1: Yep. And we learn that he was the son of a hospital nurse who had been raped by numerous patients after she was
0: locked in. A nun. A she nun. was a nun. Amanda uh, think, Kruger. Yep. Is the bastard son of a hundred maniacs and yeah, poor Amanda was locked in the asylum over a break. I forget if it was Christmas or what. And she ended up getting raped over and over again, and that's how Freddy was born. And then Amanda Krueger is actually in this movie, and you kinda learn at the end of the movie that's who she is. Uh and she had actually had passed away and it was her ghost guiding them in this movie. Um she is one of the better parts of this movie too and that, like I'm not saying this is a bad movie when I say that. I think it's an outstanding movie. It's my third favorite. but I think seeing Amanda Krueger and then having that happen at the end, one of the greatest plot twists in a movie for me.
1: Yeah, no I agree with that. Again, this is one of my favorite
0: uh, of the
1: series uh, Joe, Little Joe, let's go to you because uh, I know you <clears throat> talked about character development here you go we get a lot of character development oh, yeah, Freddie himself
2: absolutely this is kind of like uh I agree generally what these two other guys were talking about uh that like this is kind of where uh you see more development and abilities that you see uh Frey Cooper uh get into and also a little bit further backstory on it and I actually do like the idea of like the mental asylum type scene on it which I do believe that if I remember right uh, these kids were taking sleeping pills that weren't really even FDA approved.
0: Hypnosil, uh, I think, was... Well, I think we... See, this is the first time we see hypnosil. I don't remember if the kids were taking it or if Nancy had it, but that's yeah. the main drug in the series. Yeah, that
2: was, like, the main drug. Like, it was, like, a combination between, like, of medicine, uh, reality warping, and, like, also you can kind of see, like, a bit of a hint towards, like, who was Freddy Krueger uh in his life because i guess uh in a hint yeah in a hint yeah um but uh overall with the mix of like the mental asylum state and uh how he pretty much had a slaughterhouse full of kids uh you know just easily jumping from dream to dream um, and also with this sense of, like, you know, his mother was raped by a hundred maniacs. Kind of almost having, like, a, I don't know why I was thinking this, but almost like a weird Solomon Grundy type effect. Like, you know, Solomon Grundy, born on Monday, that sort of deal. <laughs> um, uh, But yeah, overall, I can say this is probably one of my uh, more memorable type uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Is it your favorite? Uh, I would say for what I can remember most of, I can definitely say this is probably my
1: favorite. And I do like the change of scenery. It's gone from you know, a Town to a mental hospital. Yes. And now, you know, people are having weird dreams. We can go into that more medical
2: yeah, like it's, background. It's definitely more concentrated from like, you know, spreading from like house to house to like we from one bunk bed to another bunk bed. Yeah. And one
0: of the other things I really liked about this movie is the marionette scene. Yes. Uh, where so Freddie carves himself into a marionette, and then cuts open the boy's wrist and uses the guy's tendons and veins as the strings. Yeah. That is awesome. And Neca made a uh, replica of the marionette, and I never got it. So if you're interested in selling me one, message me on my TikTok Monsters and Madman Reviews on TikTok, and let me know you got one for sale because I'll definitely be interested in purchasing one yeah no well that was very shameless i don't care hit me up and sell me that motherfucker <laughs> you should
1: see his collection <laughs> it, it's, he should he could run a museum like you know ed lorraine warren uh, eli roth's uh, Goratorium. all right so then after the success of three uh we move on to four the dream master and again it's a year later kristen is released from the mental hospital and big surprise freddy's back now, I, I I'll be honest here, four to six, I don't really pay attention to since I don't really like them that much. <laughs> I say that, uh, yeah, he's laughing over there. Um, it's just, It's gone from serious, now it's getting into comedy. I still find them entertaining, but quality has definitely gone down in my opinion, but I know someone who disagrees with that, and he's going to talk right now.
0: All right, so- Joe, act- you up. <laughs> Actually- uh, Dream Master is not one of my favorite ones. But Wait, it I, isn't? It, like, I'm,
1: like It isn't? I thought it would be.
0: The, I appreciate it. Uh, but honestly, it's probably my third to least favorite. I like Part 2 significantly less, and then New Nightmare a little bit less. I still think this is a really good movie. Freddy is definitely at his most goofy. And I like the transition. Do we have a new protagonist in Alice? Because Kristen doesn't really make it. Um,
1: I do, I will say, from 4 to 6, I do like how now they're following, like, a new group of characters. Uh, Nancy dies in 3. But it's like, they're all, like, For 4
0: and 5, they kind of follow.
1: They're all better connected, if you know what I mean. Yeah,
0: they're all intertwined, and really they're intertwined back to Part 1, because uh, Kristen learned from Nancy in Part 3.
1: True, but you know what I'm saying. Yes.
0: And there's a big problem with this movie, for the most part, was I felt like Freddy's end was pretty definitive in three, and I feel like they weren't gonna end him better than that. And when they do decide to end him in six per se, I I don't think it was better than three's conclusion to the story. I like that Freddy's goofy in this. Uh, I like that he you know he they, they expand on his powers, but now they know what he is. They they have the idea that Freddy is a killer. He has a smart mouth. They didn't expand his powers like they did in 2 to a wrong degree. They expanded his powers like they did in 3 this time. They added a little bit more quirkiness to him. I think the scene that I always remember from Part 4 is the cockroach scene. Where he turns the girl into a cockroach and then squishes her inside the, uh, the trap. Yeah. The other thing I always remember from yeah. this one is Freddy's glove being a shark fin going through the water... And then it starts cutting through the sand going at people. Puts on his sunglasses. He wears the hospital robes. Uh, Actually, it didn't scare me, but when I was a kid, the one scene that made me go, ugh, in this was when he took the weights and bent the girl's arms back before she went into the cockroach trap. Uh, I love that scene.
1: If there's one thing these series are good at, it's the creative deaths.
0: Very creative. I would say out of the three main slasher franchises, this has the most creative deaths. Not my favorite deaths. Uh, I'm always going to say Jason has the crown for deaths, for story, for being a better character. I will always give that crown to Jason. But Freddy Krueger, like I said, growing up, was always my second favorite. Are
1: they as good as Kate getting her head uh, through the bread slicer in Fear Street? <laughs>
0: that was a good death, too. Um, some of my favorite deaths in cinema aren't always the most extreme. Sometimes they're just good because they're... Di- like, I will always probably say my favorite on-screen death in cinema up until 2016 was just jason walking out into the dock and then shooting the girl in the eye with the spear gun. oh god then terrifier came out in 2016 and we saw a girl get sawed in half from her vagina to her neck so (laughs) you know you know sometimes things change and you discover fetishes you didn't know you had brave <laughs> Okay, well, now that we've heard from Little Joe, how about we
2: move on to part five?
1: Yeah, I will say this, one of my favorite lines is, uh, How's this for a wet dream, the waterbed death? <laughs> yeah, that
2: was fun. Yeah, that was the one I definitely remember. Yeah, you guys that. were all excited
0: to talk about that. Well, I mean, if you
1: don't, I don't really like this movie, but that is a good death, and it's probably one of the best lines, I think, in the whole series. Just, again, ready, wisecracking, as he is. And so we move on here again to, now in between the movies, there was a series from 88 to 90 called Freddy's, Freddy's Nightmares. Nightmares. I have not seen this. Jinx, by the way. I have not seen this. It does I have. Look, it does look very good. They were kind of running it like Twilight Zone. It's an anthology series. And Freddy was the host.
0: Yes, so, some so he's not of the, really the
1: main villain?
0: There were some episodes mm-hmm. that did focus on Freddy. Uh, there was a whole episode, I think it was the pilot, actually, that focused on a cop after Freddy Krueger's trial, and he was released right before Freddy was burned. Um, but the series was an anthology. It was kind of like Tales from the Crypt if it was in a Nightmare in Elm Street world. Uh, honestly, I'll give this point to Nightmare on Elm Street. Friday the 13th had a TV show as well about a magic shop, and it had nothing to do with Jason. I definitely think Freddy's anthology show was a lot better than the Friday the 13th magic shop. But uh, overall, I don't really feel like this fits into Freddy's timeline, except it was just giving him the opportunity to host a show. It did. I'm sure in the 80s, if I was a kid, I would have...
1: Of course you would have liked ...been
0: rushing home every night to see see it, but... uh,
1: it did run two seasons, so I mean, it had an audience, and well, I I haven't seen it, so I'm gonna have to give it a watch. So anyway, though, after four comes the Dream Child, and I just want to say, it's a boy!
0: It's my favorite.
1: Yep. It's and my
0: favorite one, and I get a lot of shit for it. Um, take it away. So, Dream Child focuses on Freddy invading the dreams and getting power. From the unborn baby inside of Alice from part four. Uh, Kills the baby's dad. Leads to all kinds of trauma with Alice. And the family wants her to give up the baby. And I'm making this sound a lot more serious than this movie actually is. This movie's a really, really goofy one. It's hilarious. He turns a boy into a comic book and starts scraping him up. (laughs) Stuff like that. And then uh, Freddy's mom is back in this one. Actually, Freddie is defeated by... uh, her basically sucking him back up into her womb. Uh, I'm really oversimplifying how that happened, but that's basically what happens.
1: It's re- really cheesy, this, and this is.
0: I have a lot of fun with this, and I remember a few years ago, twenty nineteen. Uh, it was October twenty ninth, if I'm not mistaken. I was- how he knows
1: this, I don't know. I don't want to know.
0: I was in the uh, Village Tavern in Salem, Massachusetts, and this was on the TV. You might have been with me, actually, Dylan. I
1: don't think I was.
0: Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was on the TV at was. the Village Tavern in Salem, Massachusetts, and I made... Who was with me? I think it was my friend's Urchin Savannah, if it wasn't Dylan. I made them watch the movie in its entirety with only subtitles on while I was drinking. It's literally my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie. I love the goofiness of it. I love baby Freddy, but mostly I think I was excited to see Freddie's mom for something. There's something about Amanda Krueger. Freddie's mom's
1: got it going on.
0: Pretty much. I was much, just thinking the exact same thing. Pretty, pretty much. On I really think between the concept of him invading the dreams of the baby and Freddie's mom being in it. I think that's what makes this my favorite one. Uh, also, this might have something to do with it. My first Freddy Krueger collectible was from Part 5. It was the Mesco Cinema of Fear Series 3 Freddy, where he's in the chef's self where he force-feeds the girl to death. Oh, my God. But by that logic, Jason Goes to Hell it should be my favorite Friday the 13th, and it is not. <laughs> oh, but, my uh, God. Yeah, I have a lot of value. This is the one I watched the most as a kid. And I'd try to watch this around Halloween time every year. This is definitely, in my opinion, the best one.
1: Looks like I'm going to have to watch it. are going to have to have another movie night. Hey, we haven't heard from Lil' Joe in a while. Want to give you input if you've seen this?
2: Uh, I personally have not seen this uh, for the most part. But I would probably definitely like to take a sit down and watch this. Yeah, I made this
0: movie that everyone hates sound really good. Well, Joe,
1: what well, <laughs> you said, I think maybe that's it, just... Grab a few beers and uh, sit around, sit around the TV, and have you quote the whole movie, and us just shake our heads and cringe and
2: all that. For the most part, yeah. Um, I do have to say my opinion on it. Uh, always with uh, Nancy Kruger. Uh, Amanda Kruger. Oh, Amanda right. Kruger. Uh, Kruger, excuse me, uh, coming back for the fifth one when she was already uh, appearance on the third. Definitely kind of brings some uh, continuity within the entire series.
1: If there's one thing the series does do, it's the continuity. Again, I mentioned that like four to six kind of they're all intertwined even more so than it normally was, if you know what I mean. But, well, and speaking of six, we get into Freddy's Dead. The, the final the nightmare. Final, the final nightmare. In it's, 3D, for some parts. In 3D, for some parts. It is... Okay, I have seen this one. again, I don't really like it, but I cannot deny it is hell of an entertainment. It is hilarious. it is not scary. Freddie Robert England is just going all out. He is and that's one thing. I give Robert England a lot of credit. He is enjoying himself in this role. This is a role that's made for him. He's a Shakespearean actor, so that means he can do pretty much anything.
0: So for this guy here, and he will
1: always be Freddie.
0: this one Freddie's dead. This was...
1: Quiet, everybody. The master is speaking.
0: (laughs) This is one of those ones where I wish I was alive for uh, when this came out. What year was this one? 88? 80?
1: Nope. 91. 91.
0: All right. This was a big event. If I'm not mistaken, they held a funeral for Freddy Krueger. Like, like as an advertisement, they held a funeral for Freddy Krueger. And they got a lot of actors and actresses in on this. Johnny Depp had a cameo in this one. Uh, He was a guy in a dream who was doing the thing with the egg. He's like, this is your brain and this is your brain on drugs. Uh, Roseanne Barr and uh, that one guy, her husband there, who Jake met at Silver Scream Con with me. Uh, Tom Arnold, that's his name. Uh, they were both in it, uh, playing uh, two adults in Springwood, because in this movie, all of the kids are dead. Freddy got them. He succeeded at what he was trying to do. He's killed all the kids. But to me, I think the best cameo in this was Alice Cooper, who played Freddy's abusive stepdad in a flashback, because this is where we learn a lot of the origins of Freddy. He kind of shows you his beginning and his end, and we learn about his daughter, which I feel like with all the stuff I was about to rant about, we're going to skip over his daughter completely. His daughter is the one who kills him. But um, Alice Cooper plays the stepdad who abuses Freddie after he's adopted and made Freddie uh, somewhat immune to pain and kind of the sadist he became. Uh, One of the nice things is Alice Cooper is a big horror movie fan, so he did the song for Friday the 13th six. Jason, uh, for Jason Lives, he played uh, the man behind the mask, which was the end credits. Which is a good song. It's a great song. It's one of my favorites. And uh, he played Freddy's stepdad in Nightmare on Elm Street 6. So, or Freddy's Dead, which is the proper title. was Freddy's Dead, the Final Nightmare. Um, th- we learn about the dream demons that give Freddy his power. And this one had a, uh, a feature where if you put on 3D glasses when the characters did certain parts of this movie were in 3D. Uh, as a kid, I really liked this movie just because I was so excited to sit there every time I viewed it, holding the 3D glasses like a fucking idiot, waiting for the scenes where I can put it on. Again,
1: only you could do that.
0: Yeah, as an adult, this movie is one that lost its name for me to the point where I would have almost rather have just seen a Freddy Krueger prequel over Freddy's dead because they kill him with a stick of dynamite. I thought it was a little overdone. Um... I feel like the conclusion to Freddy Krueger's character was best done in part three. And when I say that, I need to understand that I have all that love I have for part five. But I understand that part three was probably the best ending for the character. Because at this point, Freddy was all washed out. He, he, He wasn't really going out on a high note. But it was a very important event. And I think this was around the time the the quote came out that Freddy Krueger is one of the uh, biggest villains in Hollywood since Darth Vader. Uh, And it's true. I think he was very recognizable. I think for a degree, it was really up in the air between him and Jason in the 80s, because that's when they were most getting their movies, which one was more popular, which is something that ended up coming down later in this pipeline here.
2: I uh, can absolutely agree with uh, what you just added on about. Uh, for me, yeah, I would say with the final movie, at uh, with the entirety of it, definitely seems like the uh, they wrapped it up in a nice little bow. Uh, to <laughs> kind of put the final nail in the coffin, if you will, for how- uh, So
0: you think this was a good ending for Freddy Krueger's character?
2: I would say so for the most part. I mean, I can agree that, like, for how you described it, that, like, it could have just been better played off as, like, a prequel. Uh, for how, uh, always, uh, post birth with, uh, Amanda Kruger, uh, that he was later adopted and stepfather was abusive, uh, somehow created a little sadist uh, within a means of a house and, uh, By the time he reached adulthood, he was killed, murdered uh, by the town, and then even decades later after his death, he causes a massive uproar amongst children and whatnot.
1: It's an interesting ending, it's, I don't like the movie, but I like the story. It's just, oh my god, it's funny, and it is worth a watch in the right mindset, again, maybe some beers, sit around the TV. Yes, have an outdoor like screening I'm an alcoholic no no i didn't say that <laughs> i didn't Absolutely. say that,
2: sure it like that.
1: true <laughs> it's
0: a great it's it, it is a great time like I...
1: you will have fun watching it it's not the best of quality nothing beats one in my opinion but it's uh it's fun and you will laugh i found myself laughing when i watched this one and so that wraps up the main series one to six, but then we move on to the more meta route that Wes Craven went with New Nightmare in 1994, and in this case, it brings in real life, uh, the actors from like the first movie, they're playing themselves. Heather Langenkamp,
0: John Saxon, Wes Craven's in it himself. Yep. Robert uh, Unglund plays himself, and... It's not Freddy Krueger, I, yeah, it's a I, demon. I can't even say Freddy, because it's a demon who impersonates Freddy, so this one... It's a demon that takes on the form of whatever is considered the most evil thing at the time. Which which is funny, because then you start thinking about it, it's like, who would it be today? Like, like if this oh. is the logic, at one point, this thing had to have been Darth Vader, right? Yeah, maybe and the then,
1: Conjuring series, because that's big right now. Maybe, um, like, Stranger Things, like the Demogorgon, or Mind Flayer or Vladimir not- Putin? Who yeah, knows? Putin.
0: <laughs> so, honestly, not going to lie. I didn't like this one. You didn't? There's elements of this that I like. I like that Freddy has a trench coat. I like the reversal of the colors where green is more dominant than red on hit. That was a nice... I, I, the design of the demon that's impersonating Freddy is nice. I like the design. I didn't always like the design, but I do now. But this is my second to least favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie. I really dislike part two. Like, part two is like a one-star movie to me. This one's probably like... Two-star? Three. Two to three. Depends on my mood. But I don't... I don't like to watch this one religiously. I don't try to make it a habit of watching this one. This is kind of one if I'm really in the mood to see, like, Wes Craven again because he passed away, or Robert Unglund being themselves in a script, this is the one I put in. But... Other than that, I really don't recommend this one.
1: I actually like it because it returns Freddy or the demon. It's less comedic and goes into more serious stuff.
0: But I feel like two movies from now, we get a better, more serious, less comedic Freddy.
1: Yes, uh, we'll get to that. And, you know, it's I, d- I just like the meta route. Like, it's taking Nightmare on Elm Street, soap, which is really popular in-universe and out-of-universe, and now you have this demon... Feeding off that popularity and hunting Heather Langenkamp. And, you know, she has to go back into her Nancy mode and fight it off.
0: And John it's... Saxon is in this one again, too. I have to mention that. You did mention that. Did I? Did I mention yes, that Yes, you did. John Saxon is in that. And we love John Saxon. You do. Well, I love John Saxon. And you can hear me give John Saxon compliments on my TikTok channel, Monsters and Magman Reviews, on TikTok. God and, and no Monsters <laughs> and Mad review on TikTok not God but close that's your Bible <laughs> <laughs> and I am the Pope oh God
1: a- anyway um, Pope
0: Emeritus the Fifth, making Tobias proud <laughs> ghost for life
1: amen so anyway um, and I do like it because it's a, it's scream before screams
0: John
2: 316 question mark oh, again, no.
0: It is scream before scream. Um, Scream would come out two years later and would be a much better movie than this, though. Uh,
1: Well, anyway, so we get that. We get uh, you know Wes Craven doing something new with New Nightmare. So let's go into another horror icon into this franchise, Jason. And in two thousand three, we get Freddy versus Jason, two big horror icons going head to head, and. I will let the master take it away. Again, I didn't really like this movie. It's a good Nightmare in Elm Street movie, though, but it's not the best Friday the 13th.
0: Go. Can you imagine being the master and then having the servant rant for 20 minutes after introducing you? Jesus, man.
1: No, not Jesus. <laughs> Camp Nightmare,
2: but close. So. Before he starts, I do have to mention he, like, literally stood up from his chair and, like, just, like, was prepping himself for like a boxing ring so just buckle your seats you're in for a fucking ride.
1: okay yeah well, we'll, we'll, we'll hold on let's uh, let's go to the ring girl here then joe
2: go okay
0: yeah <laughs> if I you're mean, the ring girl i want my money back from this fight.
2: <laughs> oh geez no no refunds anyway uh i mean only thing i have to say is that if there was a best impersonation movie of uh unstoppable force meets an immovable object that would definitely be this movie Anyway, yeah, you're a fan of this one. You like this one a lot. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like uh, there's a lot of elementals to this. Like one versus like, where we physical versus uh, you know reality warping. Fire versus water, quite literally. But in any case, fucking, so let's bring it to the actual boxer of this round. So take it away.
0: This movie is a decent Nightmare on Elm Street movie. It's a middle of the aisle Nightmare on Elm Street. I movie. do agree with that but I am more of a Friday the 13th fan and I've always been more of a Friday the 13th fan and they did a great job with Freddy, but they really massacred my boy, Jason. He did all aw- they, they did him awful too. uh, the guy they had playing him, Ken Kersinger was not better than Kane Hodder. I think it was really offensive that Kane Hodder wasn't with Robert Unglin in this movie, uh, they butchered Jason's character in regards to who he was. He behaves like the Frankenstein monster with a machete and not like Jason Voorhees at all. He's afraid of water in this one, which I guess from the outside people are like, that makes sense. But if you actually watch a Friday the 13th movie, part four, when he's still technically a living person, he is underwater and jumps up to kill somebody from underneath the water. Part eight, he spends a good chunk of that movie underwater to transport himself from the middle of the ocean where the boat sinks to New York. And he doesn't have this fear. I don't know where they thought Jason got this fear of water from, but it was really just a massacre of Jason's character. My other big problem with this is, sure, Freddy should be able to take Jason in the dream world. In fact, I think Freddy should have gotten the better of Jason in the dream like he did. But the minute they came into the real world, the fight should have been over. and should have been... He got pulled out by Jason, or however, and then Jason should have killed him, and then credits roll, because there's no way that Freddy Krueger, in the real world, would have been able to stand up to Jason with Jason's strength, weapons, home field advantage, because they were at Crystal Lake, and just overall, Jason's a better, more efficient killer. In life, Freddy was hunting his victims one by one as the child killer. And really, we don't see him take on hordes of people at once. It's all individual dreams. Jason takes out entire camping crews. We've seen Jason take down a group of police officers in Part 6. Uh, we see him take down three members of a biker gang in a short period of time in Part 3. There's no way... Freddy Krueger should have been able to stand up to Jason Voorhees in the real world, especially with how quick Freddy's daughter was able to take him out and Freddy's dead. So this movie is really bottom of the barrel for me, uh, more so on the Friday the 13th side, just because they really didn't understand Jason Voorhees. Uh, as a kid, I loved it because it was Jason and Freddy together, but as an adult, no, the Freddy shouldn't have held his own like he did in the real world and Jason shouldn't have been afraid of water and Jason should have been an individual character instead of a Frankenstein monster ripoff and it's really horrible to see my favorite fictional character of all time be massacred like this in a movie with his name in the title and it's down for the count
1: and Joe's the winner (laughs) thank you Thank yeah, you. this movie is You can is... send me
0: my rewards at Monsters and Madman reviews on TikTok. Well,
2: uh I got nothing. Little <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: Joe's like, "I hate this movie now."
2: <laughs> I mean, I can't really disagree with him entirely, but uh I do have the one question I ask like about Freddy. Uh is that isn't Freddy's like purpose supposed to bring like the most like the most Fearful thing to his prey or whatnot. Yeah, he like, can can
0: he can manipulate what you're afraid of and really scare you, and that's what gives him strength.
2: Yes, so I mean, kind of to stack on these questions is like so, we, not to die, uh, crossover like movies and whatnot, but in how Jason dies, he dies in the lake, right? He supposedly
0: drowned as a little boy in Part 1, but then we learn in Part 2, if you pay attention to the camp story, that Paul says he got out of the woods and was living as a hermit. He didn't officially pass away until Part 4, where he got macheted in the head by Tommy Jarvis and died. But even then in Part 4, because I think what you're going for is subconsciously Jason's afraid of water. Yes. Someone who was subconsciously afraid of water wasn't going to spend time as a mortal person under the lake to attack the girl in the raft in Part 4, like he did. And, granted, he's passed away at this point, but in part eight, when he's underwater for the majo- for not for the majority of the movie, but for a good portion of the movie to get to New York, he wouldn't have stayed underwater like that, even to get that far. He's not afraid of water. It was something they made up for the movie, and it tells me they just didn't get his character.
2: All right, yeah, that makes uh, good. I just needed, personally, uh, that more uh, thorough understanding, just only because that, if in the case of that say he did drown in that lake I would completely understand like how uh, Freddie would hold out uh, that sort of like childhood trauma that uh, was taken for Jason uh, during his what would have been his final moments at Camp Crystal Lake
0: I do want to say two good things is as bad as they fucked up Jason they nailed Freddie in this movie he did yeah. they did a great job with Freddie also, I really like the look of Demon Freddy when he gets mad and jumps out of the water and his burnt skin is now a bright reddish pink and he has sharp teeth.
1: Yes. And demonic
0: eyes. Yes. That looked awesome. But
1: Is that your I Halloween
0: sh- costume? I wish. I can't love this movie, though, just because of how they did Jason. And it's unfortunate, because Robert Unglund did a great job, gave it his all. They did a really good Freddy story, but I really don't think they meshed it. Um we're talking about crossovers right now, so we might as well. Uh, if I could have Freddy crossover with any horror franchise, there's two that I think would be a good crossover. Hellraiser, because especially if they lean into the more, is he a pedophile mindset, where the Cynobites, uh prey on the sexually depraved, and all that, I think that would be an interesting movie where. Freddy's trying to do his own thing Uh, the Cinnabites are after Freddy to, you know, torture him or maybe make him a Cinnabite by the end of the movie. I think that would really work well with Freddy being a sadist. Um, The other crossover that I think would be really interesting for Freddy in terms of power and abilities would almost be the Candyman. But I really like the idea of the Freddy Krueger meets Hellraiser more. And I think that would have made for a better story than uh, uh, Freddy fighting Jason. Supposedly, there was a script uh, for this movie where the end fight was both of them getting dragged to hell. And Pinhead shows up and says to both Freddy and Jason, what seems to be the problem, gentlemen?
1: I think that would have been interesting. You know, it kind of ends in a tie.
0: It shouldn't end in a tie. Jason should have fucked him up. It shouldn't have been fair. It should have been like if the Queen of England on her deathbed was fighting Mike Tyson in his prime in the real world. Oh, my God.
1: That's that's one way to put it. In a very
2: exaggerated way, yeah. No, but I would say it would be more like a uh, person who can't really fight uh, somebody. For a predator who preys on the weak, it's obviously, for me, I don't understand... uh, as into why, how, uh, yeah, agreeing with you how Freddy managed to last that long in the real world without uh, Jason absolutely just left-hooking uh, Jay- uh, Freddy's head off, uh, not even using his machete at all. But, yeah, to how, I guess you can say uh, how they butchered Jason, I can more or less absolutely agree. But for at least the content and entertainment of the movie, it's definitely uh, somewhat worth the watch. But I can agree with uh the idea that yeah. the burgery is absolutely there uh, in, full frontal face.
0: in the terms of the Nightmare on <laughs> Elm Street movies I would give this 4 stars for a Nightmare on Elm Street film if it was a Friday the 13th film I Zero. would say well, maybe 1 star because I think Jason Goes to Hell didn't get the point and this one didn't get the point even more so but I think it's a probably a bigger sin than Jason Goes to Hell because of the fact that it was supposed to be a big crossover event, and they just massacred the character. Can you imagine going to see, like, Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao fight? And Manny Pacquiao came in and was on his game, and then Floyd Mayweather came in and was just stupid, the whole thing, and then stood up at the end and raised his hand? Because that's kind of how I feel this movie ended. Jason walking out of the water, holding Freddie's head, and it was like, well, that's not really what happened. Like, it is what happened, but it's not how it should have happened. Anyway, we have a much better remake to talk about. In my opinion, much better. A lot of people hate it. So yeah, so
1: from, and that's the last time Robert Englund has played Freddy. Not, not counting, correct. Not uh, In movies, has, not counting series and specials. Yeah, like he showed specials. up in the
0: Goldbergs as Freddy Krueger. Yes, he did. On God. Yeah, but he did. Joe just looked at me like I have four eyes. He did.
1: You did. Um, this is I, the thing. I meant the series, though. Like, the, yeah, and
0: the main continuity. I know what you mean.
1: And so, anyway, so they tried all this. Uh, we had, you know, kind of a meta movie with New Nightmare. We had six main series. We had a crossover with Friday the Thirteenth. So, how about a remake? And I will say, I didn't hate this as much as I thought. It is again inferior to the original, but. Again, it's darker, he's less of a wise cracker. They decide to go full on with Freddy's Grimes. He is a child molester.
0: I really like this one. And fourth, fourth favorite for me. I like five, one, mm-hmm. and three a little better than this. But honestly, this one could take the mantle from three anytime. And uh I thought Jackie Earl Haley did a great job.
1: And fun fact a lot of
0: people thought he sucked. But I thought he did a great job.
1: And I think he did great, too. And fun fact, Jackie Earl Haley originally auditioned with Johnny Depp for Glenn. The role obviously went to Depp. But look at it, Like, 40 years later, Jackie Earl Haley wins the big prize. He gets to play Freddy Krueger. So
0: I, I full thought, circle. I thought he did a great job. I think he did a I good job, the too. the violence in this the design of the glove, the glove itself was my absolute favorite glove from the series. It is granted. The design doesn't differ too much in the main continuity, except till we get to new nightmare where it's all mechanical. But this one is just, instead of a big back, bl- uh, base plate, the gloves, like almost like the fingers just run right into the, uh, wrist plate. Kind of like Wolverine. It was really, really good. Um,
2: I even like the design of
0: Freddy because they tried to make him look more like a burn victim. A lot of people are like, well, he looked like shit. They're like, I understand that. He wasn't supposed to look great. Um, I like that they tried to play like, well, was he a child molester? or Was he not? It turns out he was like a monster. He was a preschool He preschool janitor. gardener. He Gardner. was a gardener. And he was molesting the kids, bringing them down to the, what did he call it? The magic lair, the And Nancy, cave. and he molested Nancy. he
1: molested Nancy.
0: He molested Nancy as a kid. He molested... He was basically killing in this one the teenagers of the teenagers uh, were the toddlers that he was molesting.
1: And so he's back for revenge. And the parents
0: burned him alive. And like, yeah, this one, like, I think he was significantly more evil. I've always said that out of the three main slasher icons, I think that Freddie was the most evil because his crimes are directed to children. I know a lot of people will be like, well, Michael Myers is pure evil. Yeah. Michael Myers was stabbing people to death and they were all, you know, 16 plus. Freddy Krueger was killing kids and this one was molesting four-year-olds. Like, this is definitely the darkest we've seen Freddy. Uh, and I thought I thought he did a great job. And I appreciate his I feel like fans would have appreciated Jackie Earl Haley more if Robert Unglin had something to do with this. And my thought would be instead of having Clancy Brown play the principal, and he did a great job too, I love Clancy Brown, maybe have Robert Unglund have played the principal just so he was there. Um, but this was honestly... Would have been distracting my... though, kind of. I, I wouldn't think so. I would honestly argue out of the... I might like this remake even better than Friday the 13th. Uh, I definitely like it better than Halloween's remake, and I like it a lot, lot, lot more. Than the uh, Texas Chainsaw Remake. In fact, the only remake to an original movie I think I like the I like more was John Carpenter's The Thing, which was a remake of The Thing from Another World. But in terms of horror remakes, and I know I'm in the minority here, I think this is probably the best one.
1: Well, you are in the minority, but uh, I, I again yeah, I do appreciate this movie for its darker tone, kind of returning Freddy to his roots. I I also like mm -hmm. they do that
0: thing again where you don't see Freddy's face for most of it. It's covered with the hat. Yeah.
1: Again, it goes back to the mystery. It just, there were some production problems behind this. And, uh, well, they tried, kind of succeeded in some areas, didn't. But it's, I kind of find it kind of an unnecessary remake. Um, An unnecessary remake. (laughs)
0: Uh, it doing was it. unnecessary, but all mm. of the remakes coming out at this time were unnecessary. Friday the 13th had its remake the year before. two uh, Three years prior to this, Rob Zombie did his Halloween remake, and then in 2009 it had its sequel. Texas Chainsaw's remake was 2003, and then 2006 for that one's prequel. Uh, Black Christmas was remade by this point. Uh, so... Things were were happening, and Freddie being done in 2010 actually made him a little bit late to the game compared to the others
1: so gotta hop on the bandwagon. Um,
0: the one scene that I expected more of was in the original movie there's a scene where Nancy's in bed, and then Freddie is coming out of the wall. they recreated the scene in this movie and it looked like trash. But if that's my big problem, one scene looked like trash and the rest of the movie, I think, is a masterpiece. I'm willing to accept that. And honestly, Jackie or Haley, if you're watching Dylan's podcast, I have two questions for you. One, why are you not watching Monsters and Mad Men reviews on TikTok? And two, I hope you know that. We think, I think, you did an outstanding job. You, he did do an outstanding job. If day you want to come back and be Freddy Krueger, I would be 100% willing to accept you.
1: He did do a great job. That's, I think he was the best part of the movie. I, Obviously, he's Freddy Krueger, but he was the star. But I think out of all the actors, he was the best
0: part. yeah, that was all lead up to my second question is, would you do it again? I would love to know if Jackie or Haley would do it again. And with all honesty... I want him to do it again. I know right now the big talk, and Robert Unglund said this before, is people want Kevin Bacon. Robert Unglund wants Kevin Bacon. I don't. I want you, Jackie R. Haley. Kevin I Bacon belongs you. in Friday the 13th. He <laughs> does. He got a arrow through his chest on the first Friday the 13th. But if I got to pick, they said to me, Robert Unglund can't do it, but you can pick anyone to be Freddie. I'm picking you,
2: Jackie R. Haley. Great job.
1: <clears throat> Joe, I know this is. Uh- you like this movie, so.
2: Uh, yeah, it's the. Well, I wouldn't say I like it, uh, but definitely for the acting skills. Not I as do, much as him. <laughs> uh, I definitely give kudos to the acting uh, portion, absolutely. The aesthetic is definitely a little bit more of uh, what you would call like a modern touch, uh, just only because, uh, like how Joe mentioned, it, it happened like in the late 2000s, almost early 2010. So CGI was, at least for horror movies, was kind of getting more incorporated with these remakes because back in the 80s, they did, uh, I guess, more quote-unquote acoustic special effects. So like practical, you know, practical effects. Um, and uh, with the CGI effects, like how uh, the glove integrated into the hand itself, or uh, how the face of uh, Freddy Krueger himself looked uh, was definitely something uh, I would say it's a bit of a twist, a uh, lack thereof, just only because when you already have uh, the original actor uh, kind of have that face with the name, it makes it a little bit difficult to, uh, I guess you can say, accept the new character as how they are. Uh, but I do like uh, some of those uh, head nods towards like him being within the shadows. Or uh, I think there was even one line in the movie where he says, uh, Bitch, uh, which I give absolute kudos to as well. Well, um, overall, like if there was a chance for me to watch that movie again, uh, especially with uh, my friends and colleagues that stand in front of me, I would go for it. There
0: is a chance. The DVD is in the other room, in a shrine.
2: <laughs> so one of, one of many other friends. here's my
0: question for all you guys so if Robert Englund or Jackie or Haley wouldn't play Freddy again who would you pick to play Freddie Krueger in a new movie
1: so to answer your question Joe who I would pick well I always believe Robert Englund is Freddie but thinking of Stranger Things I think Jamie Campbell Bower, because I mean Vecna is basically Freddy. Fair so enough. I think I think I could see that but I don't know. I think, uh, I think they just got to find the right person, and I don't think that person is
0: there yet. They haven't found them. So I do. If they, if Robert Anglin wouldn't do it, and Jackie Earl Haley wouldn't do it, my third pick, and this is my only other pick, and if this person wouldn't do it, I just want them to leave Freddie alone. David Howard Thornton. He plays Art the Clown in the Terrifier movies, which I know you've seen. Dylan, I think I showed you clips. Imagine that guy's physique and adding Freddy's humor to it with Art's already disturbing body language. If he tones down the dynamics of Art being a mime, I think we would have a damn near perfect Freddy Krueger. And I think the heat would be off of him a little bit. Uh, you know cause I feel like Jackie Earl Haley got the heat but yeah he would be my pick he's my third pick obviously Robert Unglin's my number one Jackie Earl Haley if you're listening to this watch my TikTok Monsters and Mad Men interview on TikTok but also play Freddy Krueger again and David Howard Thurton you're my third pick
1: you know who I could also see Bill Skarsgård.
0: yeah yeah, yeah. I'm I mean
1: he's Pennywise but I bet it could work yeah.
0: You know, to but me, again David I don't Howard think Howard Thornton
2: is art, but I don't I think see where I, found, you're I
1: don't think I've they found the right person. And Joe, we'll go to you. Who do you think?
2: Uh so with uh, kind of four rumored mention about like Kevin Bacon, I can only say he shouldn't be the pick. Uh <clears throat> just only with uh how his facial features match up. Uh <laughs> I, I don't think that really uh, is a two-tone well look. Uh, I do agree with uh, the Terrifier that Joe mentioned, uh, only because I absolutely seen the Terrifier for sure uh, that, yeah, just add more color to the Terrifier and have them talk and you pretty much got the perfect Freddy. Uh, definitely, but absolutely uh, drawback on the body language dynamics for sure.
1: And with that, as we wrap up here, uh, we're talking about who could play Freddy in the future. Where do you see the franchise going?
0: I think that it's going to be a bit. Uh, there's not as much legal limbo. But to be honest... I but don't, it's been
1: in development hell.
0: Kind of. I don't think there's much of a need. Um, I don't think people want a new Freddy Krueger. I think people want Robert Unglund. And I think when we see a new Freddy, Robert Unglund's going to have been in the ground for a while, unfortunately. If it was up to me and they said to me... Joe, you're making a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. What are we doing? This is what I would pick. We're doing a sequel to 2010s, but the way the movie is going to play out would be the Dream Warriors. It would be a remake of Dream Warriors. So we could even call it Nightmare on Elm Street 2, the Dream Warriors, which will confuse people because, you know, there's Nightmare on Elm Street 3, the Dream Warriors already. But I think that's such a beloved movie. And with the dark feel of the hospital that we already have, and then the dark feel of Jackie Earl Haley's Freddy Krueger, if you keep him making it look like these are suicides and it really getting into people's heads, you could have a really brutal, dark, upsetting movie. And
1: also with uh, no mental health being... Uh, a really big issue. issue right now. Yeah, it's, uh, it could be a good allegory, like, you know... I know you didn't like this movie, Joe, but Invisible Man. You know the allegory is domestic violence. I think maybe
0: that could be. And with I the think dreams. this would be significantly better than the Invisible Man. I I really feel like if we wanted to reboot it, if we paid homage to Dream Warriors and used Jackie or Haley, I feel like people would actually start loving him, and we can get good movies.
1: Do you think? Um, well, he is an Oscar nominated, so he's not unknown, right? And he did play, I believe, in his Oscar nominee. And if
0: they didn't... If we didn't want a... uh, If we didn't want a remake to 2010s and they told me to pick it, I guess David Howard Thornton. And what we would do is... Probably just another reboot. I... It's really hard because, to be honest, I don't want to pick up where Robert Englund left off. I don't like too many timelines in movies. I know Robert Englund had this idea about doing a Freddy Krueger almost like the new Candyman where the mantle can be passed. I don't think that's a good idea.
1: No, nah, because Freddy Krueger isn't Candyman.
0: Right. Um, Freddy Krueger's no, dreams, Candyman is urban legends. My my strong recommendation would be reboot part three. Uh Whether it be a new script and we just start at like an idea of part three or my preferred direct sequel to the 2010 one as part three. But I think Dream Warriors is the fans' favorite, generally speaking. I think that one and part one are definitely the most favored. I think if we stop trying to go at part one and we reboot part three, whether it be a direct sequel or just a remake, and it's like a new continuity... I think that's the way to go.
1: Do you think uh, Heather Langenkamp will come back? Because, you know, that's a big thing. People are reprising their roles from, like, the 70s and 80s. So what you're talking
0: about is, like, the Halloween 2018 style. Yeah. I don't want that for Freddy. Because then we get, what, one more role out of Robert, and then he's like, I'm done for real, guys. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I don't like doing that timeline. Because then what are we doing? We're going to retcon part two and forward, or is it going to be after part three? Because she died in part three. So is it is, is it like her spirit and Amanda Kruger's spirit together? Bring back him? Glenn too? Yeah, mm-hmm. like I don't know. That's something I'd like to see. I'd like to see Amanda Kruger back. Um, But yeah. Other than that, unless Robert Unglin wants to do it, or you have a good story, just let it be for now.
2: Now with the kind of sort of uh, pickups on like doing a sequel or a remake of part three you said uh we kind of also like hinted towards like uh how like part six and part three kind of like have continuity together would you recommend also like maybe throwing some shots in from like say part six into part three because i know at least for uh at least the dream warrior portion uh you have some flashbacks to how was it made. sounds
0: like you almost want a prequel, and I'm not against that. Yeah, the one problem with doing a Nightmare on Elm Street prequel, is there's unless they do something with the dream demons, there's not really going to be a whole lot of nightmares in that Nightmare on Elm Street movie.
2: Uh maybe understandably so, like like no nightmares, but I mean,
0: uh at that point we just have a, almost like a black phone type of movie. Except that, there's probably not going to be any ghosts in it either. It's just a guy abducting kids.
1: Maybe that's it. The nightmare is the what could what, actually happen.
0: The nightmare from Elm Street? Yeah. Nightmare it's from, an idea, Joe. Yeah.
2: I mean, like, uh, not to go like into too much philosophical questions, but, like, you know, what would you really define as some of a, you know, Nightmare because you always have people say I'm living a nightmare and you know depending on what they context that from it could be something a little bit more horrific than we could ever really dream of.
1: Do you think there's a series? that could be a series again. I don't want Lord a of the rings.
0: I don't want a series. Um I If mean, they did a mini series, I wouldn't want it to be like a TV show. TV show. I don't want it to be a Stranger Things. I want it to be a mini series where maybe they're telling a bigger story throughout five episodes, so it's almost like a five-hour movie, but I don't want a multi-season
2: show. I can absolutely uh, agree with that, and even tack on with the idea of, like, uh, pulling out from examples, but, like, the Bates Motel, how that's supposed to be, like, some means of a show. So that that might be a
0: good, good idea wow. for the prequel. Doing a prequel before Freddy was burned in either timeline the Robert Unglund timeline. But also change and some things around. You can see him like, grow up and stuff. And I, mean, I don't like to change up too, too much. So, like, yeah, I mean, those are all options, but in the end of the day, if it's if it's not Robert, as much as I love Jackie or Haley, if it's not Robert, do we want it?
1: Uh, I always say Robert Unglund is Freddie, so I think in the right hands of the right people, A lot of the stuff we were talking about could work, but I don't think, uh, you mentioned this too, Joe, like, now might not be the right time. Mm. I think it's time we let, you know, the 80s movies come back just and appreciate them for what they are. I mean, like Stranger Things season four, Robert Englund is even in there playing kind of a version of himself, but not really, but... It, he's there as an obvious reference. Vecna, the main villain, is haunting teenagers in their dreams and their visions. So it's very inspired. So I think, again, we should appreciate what the legacy Nightmare on Elm Street has left us right now. But I, I do believe, because again, money, it's a big horror icon. I think there will be either a series, a prequel series, like what Will Joe said, and a, maybe a sequel to like the 2010 movie. I guess we just have to wait and see, right?
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: Well, anyway, that wraps up our show for
0: today. I want to thank these two for coming on again. How you doing? This is Joe from Monsters and Madmen Review on TikTok. Come check me out. I'm talking about different movies. I'm doing one movie review every month for October, as well as a 31-day character countdown, counting down my top 31 horror icons, leading up to my number one. It's Jason. No spoilers, but, uh, yeah, come check me out and I'll have Dylan do some reviews for me one day too. So you'll get to hear his voice behind my pretty camera.
1: And that's uh unofficial sponsor message again, guys. Thanks for coming on. And with that, I'd say lock your cabins and it's lights out.